PJ, before we dive too far into the show today, because I'm I'm making an executive decision about the show today. Uh, and it's, Christian, it's your show. Well, I mean, that's fine. Uh, but <laughs> we do have a little bit of business to dive into uh, here before we get into the show. An exciting business. Tomorrow on the show, we will be joined by Josh Pate, CBS okay. Sports. Yeah. Really excited to nice. catch up with him. One of the more prominent figures, I think, in the new wave of college football, I guess, faces. Yeah. And a really, a really strong president, really uh, knowledgeable dude just about everything. But I really appreciate the way he goes about covering college football. So excited uh, to catch up with Josh Pate. Tomorrow, just going to talk to him about everything uh, from expansion and really dive into this upcoming season, break down Georgia with him, take a look at Georgia Southern with him. And I'm really excited because we're getting towards that time of the year, right? Just 58 days until the first full Saturday of college football. So we're getting to the time of the year where we start talking to the Josh Pates, where we start catching up uh, with the Phil Stills, who writes like the, the Holy Bible of college football previews. Every single year. Like, it's not officially college football season until you get that first Phil steal, Right? True. I'm pretty sure we still have 2021, like, sitting right back here. It's just... It, we it makes, probably have a lot of them. Yeah, it, makes, it, just, it, just make, it just makes the room feel better. But... Especially when you get, like, yours. Yeah. Like, your teams mm -hmm. specifically. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, we'll catch up with Josh Pate coming up tomorrow. Uh, but in terms of the executive decision I've made, for the rest of the week, unless something happens... There will be no more prognosticating, no more brain spewing about okay. potentially right. the future of college football. Oh, okay. Like I said, we are 58 days away yeah. from the first full Saturday. And this might be like bordering on too close to what I just said we're not going to talk about, but I do feel like the closer we get to actual kickoff, the less we're going to hear about this, right? Because think about five years ago, right? This is just the doldrums of the of the sports calendar, right? You got Wimbledon. Uh, if this was a normal rotation, you'd have the World Cup right now, which would be exciting, right? Something to kind of hold you over uh, until football gets here. This year, still have a World Cup, but because they decided to play it in Qatar, one of the hottest places on earth, uh, they're playing it in November instead of the middle of the summer. So, it's just like five years ago, we'd just be in the doldrums of college sports, right? Like, eh, like if you're interested in college baseball, that just ended. Uh, if you're interested in college softball, that just ended. Now it's just Major League Baseball and yeah. just free agency getting ready for OTAs in the NFL. Yeah, or really M NBA free agency. No, that's what I meant yeah. when I said free yeah. agency, yeah. Gotcha. But now it's, holy crap, what about the future of our sport? What's going to happen? But I just feel like the closer we get to it, the more we're actually going to start talking about what we could see play out in 2022. Because I think right now the only thing I've heard most people talk about is, okay, it's Alabama, Ohio State, and everybody else. Who can who can, who can can slide in there? There really hasn't we, – we don't know a lot. And there's so many fun storylines, right? All the new faces that we have in different spots that are really prominent programs around the country. Uh, Lincoln Riley at USC, Brian Kelly at LSU, uh, Marcus Freeman – at uh, Marcus Washington, excuse me. No, Freeman. Freeman, yeah. Freeman, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who I'm thinking about. No, Marcus Freeman sure. at Notre Dame, right? We have, we have so many exciting faces at all these new programs. And yep. I think Brian Kelly, because he sustained, bringing LSU back to sustained, sustained success. 
That's a tough one. <laughs> Sustained uh, success. I would have had to slow myself Sustained down a lot more than that. Success. Honestly. So I'm at impressed. LSU, right? Yeah. That Les Miles had. Yeah. And I have an interesting fact about LSU coming up here in a little bit. But we have so many cool storylines. Uh, I'm going to be at SEC Media Days coming up in a couple of weeks uh, from the College Football Hall of Fame, which I will carry. I will. If you think I'm backing down from my takes on the College Football Hall of Fame, y'all don't yeah, know me. No, that's insane. The closer you get to it, the louder yeah, you I'm should gonna get. Be, I'm going to be broadcasting from the hive mind, and I'm going to be in there. And Good. Yeah, I'm going to be trying to change things. There, I, I appreciate that. There's so many people They get up there and they get around, you know, the people they're complaining or the, the systems they're complaining about. And then they're like, oh, it's oh, just I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so much. No, I'll like, go full no, Sturgill no. Simpson at the CMAs and, and broadcast from outside that bad boy. Let's go. I, don't, I ain't got a problem. Um, but Looking forward to it. So Reports from the inside. Correct. Uh, yeah. Pretty soon we're going to hear who the players are that the coaches are bringing to SEC Media Days. Uh, and then... Once we find that out, we'll do one of our favorite traditions is we're, we'll give you probably sometime in the next week uh, the walk-up music for every coach at SEC Media Days. I, the one that still hurt, the one that still stings more deeply than any other one, you'll hear why I saw myself in a second, is Jim Johnson, former producer of 3 and Out. This was his idea originally, and we've carried it on since he's moved on, Uh the year after Georgia lost to Alabama in the national championship, uh, his walkout song for Kirby Smart was "What Hurts the Most." That's gold. Was it's being so just, close. It's still one of the. I best. remember like audibly cursing when hearing it. Yeah, yes. but it's like because it was so good. It's so true. But also, it hurt the most. Like it, it hurt so bad. Jim would do those things too. Oh that God. like, it, you can't. Like, you want to be mad at him. Jim would but, side with Vecna, I guess is the best way. Yeah, yeah. I, I get I haven't seen it. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but no, he, he would make these things and create these things that would infuriate you to your core, but you would know that it's the truest thing you've ever seen. So, like, how mad can you really be at it? You're just kind of mad that he thought of it, right? You're mad that he, he was able to put two and two together. But, man, he, he, he did those things. All the time. So, no, that's cool. I can't wait to hear what uh, Jimbo's is, to be honest with you. If it's going to be something themed about, of course, the rivalry and, and, you know, anger towards Nick Saban, which apparently is just all good now. Everybody's um, fine. Yeah, whatever. We'll see him on the field. Um, or if it's, it's more about, right. you know, not meeting expectations or maybe finally meeting expectations or something yeah, like that. Them eight and four expectations, you know, I guess. To. Looking forward to that. But no, so many awesome storylines <laughs> in college football coming up this year. And I'm excited. We're going to talk to Josh Pate about this tomorrow. But I'm excited because there are so many cool games to start the season, right? Everyone's looking at the Georgia and Oregon games, right? But I mean, LSU plays Florida State to start the year in the yeah. Superdome. Yeah. Like, that's an awesome game. Alabama plays Texas at Texas week two. Right. That's and an outstanding like, game. Yeah, I know one we keep going back to, but it's like Florida and Utah. Florida's Utah's playing Florida in the swamp. Yeah, Florida fans, y'all better be ready. That's awesome. And I think Florida fans, for the most part, are complaining because it's a night game. They're like, no. Yeah. We need this sucker at noon or 3 o'clock so we can just watch them, watch them Utes melt. Right. Like, remember back, this, this is the thing. Sometimes with these opening, like, few weeks of college football, you get... You get four or five really, really good matchups 
that are non-conference. Sure. There, even this year, there's some in-conference matchups that are that are pretty good. Should they be happening week one? That's a whole different argument. But anyway, like oh, yeah. you, Clemson, you, Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like you have a lot of these normal years. There's maybe like three or four, and that's kind of it. Yeah. And then other years there tries to be three and four, and it's and it's the media trying to get you heaped up or hyped up for Alabama Duke. Are you like, are you as a member of that's the media? Not gonna happen. Are you as a member of the media taking a shot at the media? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, no, I I despise most media. Okay. So like Yeah. PJ hitting no, with the hashtag fake news. Listen, man, I've always said this. It's it's just like it's just like your take on the college football hall of fame, right? Okay. It's like you want to get inside there right in the hive mind and yeah. and see what things you can change from up there, right? I've always like not really liked the media that much, but <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna change something and do it right, what better way than to become part of it, that? I want to do an entire show about how you have changed media, but that well, no, sense. I mean like obviously it's not big scale, whatever, dude. Like, come on, but but damn yeah. it, South Georgia sports talk. It's like it's like politics, man. Like everyone wants to everyone. <laughs> Where's this conversation going? I don't know. You got me in a mood. Uh, I know you came in in a mood. Yeah, I did, no, I, not really. No, I, <laughs> I don't know what kind of mood you that was. You walked into the studio. Hey, man. Ah, I don't know. I was just like, uh, it's anyway. Okay. Uh, quickly, you talked about Georgia Tech, Clemson to start the year. So that's an awesome game. I mean, no, you mentioned. But I you think, mentioned uh, that. that's not the one I was thinking. Oh, of. which one were you thinking of? I mean, Palmer's game to start the year. Yeah. Purdue, Penn State. Oh, uh, I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. Boilermakers, Nittany Lions. Yeah. But no, Clemson. No, there's plenty of there's, Clemson, there's Georgia a few Tech of them, at though. a neutral site. And Mercedes Benz. Yeah. Which I was like, this that's so weird to me. Cause like Georgia Tech's played there for season openers before. It makes sense. An Atlanta school playing in Atlanta to start the season. Played Tennessee in the not too distant pass and a awesome game while Paul Johnson was still there. I think it was like 49 42 or something like that. Uh but I was like, why the hell is Georgia Tech doing that? Then Holly Anderson uh from Channel Six and uh, shut down full cast. I heard her talking about it and she was like, No, it's actually a brilliant move because it's better to just have Mercedes-Benz and Chick-fil-A buy out one of your home games, pay you a bunch of money, and then watch 80% of the stadium be Clemson fans versus hosting a home game and watching 80% of your stadium be Clemson fans to start the year. Yeah. Like, if it's, like, week 11 and you're playing Clemson and they pack out your stadium, whatever, you already have seven losses, who cares at that point? But, like, the start of the year is supposed to be bright and hopeful. Mm -hmm. But at least the first home game is supposed to be full. Right. Right? And then you walk in there and it's just... We make a wrong turn. Are we in yeah, right. Is this north? What? What's going on here? Yeah. But yeah, exciting start to the college football season. Uh, we have some college football to dive into. Uh, we did it last week for the SEC East. We're going to do it today for the SEC West. Talk about what the most important game on the schedule is uh, for each team in the SEC West. We'll dive into that. Uh, but quickly here, the Braves have won three in a row against the Cardinals, going for the sweep tonight. They win last night three to nothing. Eddie Rosario gets back, smashes a home run. Marcelo Zuna absolutely launched a missile, I think like 445 feet last night. Uh, get another really good performance uh, out of your pitching staff there. But the damn Cincinnati Reds choked. I don't know, man. Choked. No, they choked. It was the Braves currently trail the Mets by two and a half games. They fritzed it. La- yeah, they fritzed. Last night, Braves win three to nothing against the Cards. Checking the ESPN app. I actually flipped over and watched it on Bally's. And it's probably my fault. I probably jinxed it. 
the Met or the Reds were up three to two on the Mets going into the ninth. Give up a run in the ninth to tie it up at three to three. Can't do anything in the bottom of the ninth, and then go into extras and the Mets put up a five spot <laughs> in extras to win eight to three. Yeah, Reds can't get it done last night. So lead still two and a half, but it's setting you up for that awesome series coming up here uh, next week where you'll have the Mets at Truist. Yeah, certainly looking forward to that. I, I don't know, man. I feel like with with the Reds, like they did most of what you could ask of them. Like Just I by mean, they, them they, once. they at least got one. Yeah. So like with with how their season's going, that's good enough. And once that goes into extra innings, like the Reds aren't good enough to beat a team in extra innings. It's just it's just not it's not possible. So like they have to get it done. In are the you the how petty do you feel you are as a sports fan? Uh, it depends on what sport and what team. College but, football, let's say, because that's your favorite, right? Um, pretty petty, not amazingly. But Are you pretty. petty enough? I'm curious because I know there's other sports fans out there who do this, but it's one of my pleasures in life that I, I shouldn't like it as much as I do. Okay, all but right. If I'm just being honest, and I like where this, this is going. Yeah, this is a very I feel like honest space. One of my favorite things to do is go and read articles from the city that the other team is based in when they lose to my team. All right, I'm not as petty as you. That it just it feels so good. Yeah, I, like best I example of this is Bill Plaschke <laughs> and all the dudes uh in Los Angeles were talking so much bleep. Yeah, during this past postseason for the Braves saying like hey, this one will come back to Los Angeles, we'll be done in four. And just just consistently talking smack throughout the entire thing. Then the Braves come back, and all of a sudden it got real quiet. Got real quiet. Bill Plaschke took a little vacation. <laughs> little little vacay out there. But I love, love, love going and reading the articles after. It's, if it's like a team you're supposed to beat, whatever. Yeah. Right? You're not doing that. But if it's a team who like people are picking against you or their media's talking smack leading up to it, I love reading the recaps after my team wins. I, I get that. See, it's so good. And that's also something that I wouldn't think of based on the teams. You got to think of the teams that, um, that, that, you know, my team hates or my teams hate that would lose those games. And it's like Baltimore, Cleveland. No, like, be, no, best example for like, you would be like Penn State things. upsets Ohio State. If you really want to revel in it, go read Ohio State. Yeah. Newspapers. But it's like, it's like Columbus, right? So, yeah. like, my mind doesn't really go there. It makes a little more sense when you say something like that because it's like, like you just brought up, like, LA, Bill Plaschke is a, a prominent well, okay. figure yeah, in so the media. Like during the, uh, during the Knicks Hawks series from a couple years ago. Yeah. Where like Julius yeah, Randle like had York, a great season, you know? yeah. right? And the the what the mayor of New York's coming out and he's wearing like a a Nets hat one week and yeah. then the next press conference it's a Knicks hat. Yeah, no. Like just ridiculous. Get yeah. out of here. So dumb. Right, get out of here. And they're just they're talking bad. They're like the worst sports town in America, Atlanta. Well, the worst sports town in America just sent ice tray up there and went boop dunked on you. So yep. point being I I'm so looking forward to because it's going to happen. I am so looking forward to reading the articles from New York sports writers and listening to all the the radio clips I get played the day after the Braves take the division lead. Yeah. It's it's going to be Cuz what's it going to be? I I'm sure everybody's seen the clip uh from Bar- Barstool Sports uh, where the guys like the Braves don't lose. Just like <laughs> it's full meltdown mode yeah. for the Mets, right? 
I'm curious to see if it's going to be, do they blame themselves? Do they do the PJ where they bl- blame the Braves schedule? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Is it is it a meltdown? Is it like the, again, this would be the biggest division meltdown ever. I have one side ever. point. Ever. Where like I, I ask a question and bring up a point and, and for, for like eternity, it's, PJ hates the Braves you do. because they played a week schedule. For it's, like two weeks, PJ. My God. Anyway. Well, now, now look, they're, they're, about to, they're about to sweep out the Cardinals here, who are one of the better teams in baseball. Yeah, it's an okay team. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But in all reality, what the, the funniest thing is going to be, like, is they're probably going to blame themselves and just want to, you know. Well, that, that, that's the point. National, national, like, ESPN, and I love those guys, but national ESPN – do you think the conversation would be like, wow, this Braves pitching staff is really good. They no, have a bunch of guys not. with sub three ERAs. And uh, Austin Riley should be an MVP candidate. Ronald Acuna is finally healthy. Uh, Matt Olson is on pace to like break records in terms of extra base hits for a National League hitter, right? Like, talk about any of that, or they can talk about the Mets. Well, it's going to be why the Mets should blow it up. Like, like, what, like who what, are the Mets going to go after the trade deadline? Who are the, yeah, who are they trading away because this just isn't working? Like it's it's going to be all those things, okay. and uh, do, do the Mets go in a full complete rebuild mode and fire all their people? Like no, that that's exactly what it's going to be, and that's the hilarious part of all this, right? Is that's what happens when you get so hyped up, you get a big lead, and like the first two months of the no, season. No, but you got to put it in context. It's not a big lead. It's the biggest division lead ever at the beginning at, of June. At the beginning of the year, yeah, sure, but. That also like ten and a half games. When, when you get it, the biggest and the fastest it's, it's ever been. That's fine in football, like that. That's fine. PJ even said maybe, you got to play all one sixty two. Yeah, that's baby. fine. Maybe in the NBA where there's literally half as many games. But like, dude, if you had this lead in August and you blew it, that's a different story, right? If you had this lead in September and somehow you blew it, that's a different story. But like, you had this lead in April and May. Uh, so, I know I'm asking New York fans not to overreact. <laughs> of course, that's just the dumbest thing I've ever said ever. Correct. But, like, they're going to, and it's going to be fantastic when it does happen. Like, it's going to be hilarious. So, and the best part is, I don't know, out of any of us here, like, yes, we were all, like, trying to figure out what was wrong with the Braves. Like, how, how, do, you, how do you manage this? How do you fix this? Where, where do you go? But we all also agreed that the Mets were going to collapse at some point, which is hilarious because, like, you could just count on it yeah. and guess what's happening. So here's where <laughs> I think this series is going to get really fun because, again, the Braves have four more games before they welcome in the Mets on Monday. Uh, the Braves have one more today, 720 against the Cardinals, and then they have a three-game set at home against the Nationals, who are 30-54 and 54 on the year. Bad team. Meanwhile, the Mets are playing the Marlins, who aren't bad. Yeah, maybe have the best pitcher in baseball in Sandy Alcantara, right? Like they are a pretty damn good baseball team. Braves playing a really bad baseball team. I'm just hoping this thing's down to like one and a half or a half game yeah. by the time we get there. Because even so, like say it's just kind of how it would. I don't know. Kind of just be a letdown. Is say you were up two and a half, or excuse me, your Braves were down two and a half, and you play the Mets for a three game set. Unless you sweep them, you're not taking the division lead. Right. Like the most you could pick up with a series win going two and one would be one game. 
Right. Which kind of be anticlimactic, right? Sure. So I'm thinking you're hoping you win three out of the next four. Mets maybe lose a couple to the Marlins. Yeah. And you're yeah. coming to that one a game and a half out. That'd Are you with big. me, PJ? That'd be big. You with me? All right, good. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some college football. SEC West talk next right here on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you all hanging out with us here on this Thursday afternoon. Okay, so we talked about this last week for the SEC East. We'll do it today for the SEC West. What's the most important game on each team's schedule? And I think there's an important like scope we have to put around this. Like, what do you mean most important game? Isn't every game the most important? You have to go undefeated if you want to win the national championship. Not everybody's going to win the national championship. Right. And so when I say most important, I mean for fans, got to look at realistic expectations and what gives the fan and the coaching staff and the program the best chance and sets them up the best for hitting their goals. Mm-hmm. Right. Leaves you with a, okay, that was an okay season at the end. Kind of taste in your mouth. Or, I mean, because like for Alabama, that was an okay season is winning the SEC East and losing in the college football playoff. Right. Or winning the SEC, excuse me and losing in the college football playoff, okay season for Mississippi State is 8-4 and four, but winning the Egg Bowl. Right? So it's it's there's different realms, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what we did last week, and we're going to do it the same way this time, is we're going to go from the bottom to the top of how the standings finished last year. Uh, and so starting at the bottom, hilariously, LSU. New head coach in Brian Kelly. Don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet, but I think they're – should be okay at that quarterback position. Have still have a lot of five stars on the team. They've had some guys transfer out, but they've gotten a bunch of guys to transfer in. Uh, some prominent Oklahoma State players on now in Baton Rouge. So it should be a good team, yeah. right? But I think first year under Brian Kelly, you just want to see progress, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to be the LSU of the 2010s, right? Where you're blow for blow with Alabama going back and forth. What you want to see is you're competitive in every game and you're not getting smoked by Mississippi State at home. Right. Right? So I have Auburn, October 1st for LSU as their most important game. Now, the reasoning behind that, prior to that, you're playing Florida State uh, in New Orleans. So Superdome, that's a home game, right? Yeah. After that, you're playing Southern at home, home game. Mississippi State is going to be a tough game, home game. New Mexico, home game. So Brian Kelly, I don't think you could really write it any better, starts with four straight games inside the state of Louisiana. Right. Right? After that <clears throat> is the wake-up call. Then you head to Auburn. And I know Auburn's not a great team, but Jordan Hare for LSU is going to be a madhouse. Yeah. So this is where it goes from Brian Kelly road tour with Notre Dame going to different stadiums to no, dog, this is just another regular season game. Like sure. you, you do this four or five times a year. Yeah. Like this is what it's going to be like for every single game you play. I think how Brian Kelly's team responds to playing in that kind of atmosphere with 90,000 plus screaming at you against a bad team, I'll say, in Auburn, but still that atmosphere is going to be there. Yeah. How Brian Kelly's team responds, I think, is going to tell you a lot about how the rest of the season is going to go and kind of how Brian Kelly, because the whole point has been for a long time, Notre Dame's really good when they're playing crappy teams and they come and they play an SEC team or a Big Ten team and they just get smoked. Yeah, right. It's true. How do you perform in Jordan-Hare against an SEC West opponent? Yeah, 
Yeah, and I, I like that a lot, especially with the lead-up of uh, it, it being all pretty much home games yeah. to begin that, or, or games New Orleans inside. is a New, home game for LSU. Right, yeah. exactly. It, games inside Louisiana at the very least. Uh, I would, I almost, I'm not going to lie, I almost said Tennessee just because of how much respect I have Tennessee for Tennessee this year. But I'll say, actually, I think it's Florida. I think it's Florida because basically for, for a lot of the same points that you're talking about, but I think Florida is the first team that they play away from home that can beat them. Like, that that is right on oh, par. Yeah, I don't think LSU is as good as you think they are. See, I, I don't know. I, I think it's all about how those transfers mesh together. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'd say that Florida game also, like, it's, always, it's always a big rivalry. Uh, I mean, like, I know it's not, I don't think, one of the named rivalries in the SEC, but it's one that whenever... They face off. It's always a no, huge it's, game. It's Most of the time, it's going to be three thirty CBS. Quote like, unquote, a rivalry because <laughs> it's the crossover that the SEC forced on them. Yeah, so, right. So, you, but you play them every year. It's a cool uniform game. Yeah. yeah. So I, to me, it's like it's always crazy too. It always yeah. has some sort of crazy finish. Uh, Gainesville gets gets insane all the time. So uh, I, I'd say Florida's that first one. I'm really circling on the schedule uh, for for LSU. All right, going up in the standings here, Auburn. Oh, we just talked about them a little bit. I have their biggest game coming in week three. I think you're very familiar with the team they're playing. Yeah. Penn State. I think so. So heading up to it, you're playing Mercer and San Jose State. Not going to learn anything from those games. Right? Last year, you went up to Happy Valley, and you took Penn State to the edge. And it was an awesome game. Was it a wideout? Did they wide it out for that one? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Played in the wideout, right? Awesome game down to the end, and Penn State keeps you out of the end zone. End up losing, but still, it was, okay, that's respectable going up there. I think now you have to flip it around. You have to do the same thing. Penn State, not a very good team. Apparently, they're, they're like, in all the polls, they're, like, top 15. I'm like, why? Yeah, stop, I, stop I, it. I look at them, and I see, yeah, there's some talent, but, like, line of scrimmage, quarterback play, not a great team. I think for your, like, really, your power five home opener yeah, to kind of set up for the rest of the season – I think you got to win that one if you're Brian Harson because look at the schedule after that. Mm-hmm. You have Missouri at home, which Missouri isn't going to be great, but after that, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, bye week, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, then you get Western Kentucky before you play Alabama. Yeah. You don't beat Penn State. There's a legitimate chance you're a three-win football team. Right. It's it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. So Penn State, <laughs> massive game coming in for Auburn. I think a team that's close enough to you in talent that being at home, you should be able to win that football game. Uh, I'm I'm happy because yeah. like I thought I was gonna get a side eye for saying that, no, no, but no. but no, like really I like you said with with yeah. Auburn just kind of with the type of talent they have right now and everything like that. If you lose that game and if you lose that game by like ten or fourteen points, you might lose your football team. True, like yeah. like like I don't oh, know. Fan base, everything. Yeah. Uh, next one up, A and M, which again hilarious because how everybody's talking about them. They finished third from the bottom or second from the bottom, I should say. Uh, in the standings last year. I have it as Arkansas. I know everybody and their mom is circling Alabama, Texas A&M. Alabama is absolutely going to boat race Texas A&M. <laughs> like, this game's not going to be close. I understand all the hype leading up to it this year with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher sparring back and forth. That was so much more competitive than what we're going to see at the football field. <laughs> Number one, it's at Bryant-Denny, right? Yeah. A&M has to travel to Alabama, to Tuscaloosa, to take on Nick Saban after beating him. 
PJ, only twice since Nick Saban has been at Alabama have they lost to the same team in back-to-back years. Right. The most recent was Ole Miss in, I believe, yeah, 2014-2015. Yeah. Right? So you had Ole Miss winning at Ole Miss, and then you had the crazy Chad Kelly game, tip ball, touchdowns against Alabama and Tuscaloosa the year after that. Before that, the only time it had happened was 2010-2011 against LSU, and then in 2011, Alabama got to rematch LSU at the end of the year and beat them in the national championship. Right. So it doesn't happen a lot yeah. that you beat Nick Saban in Alabama twice. In fact, it's happened twice. Right? Sure. a going to get smoked. So, and it's fair. They're young. Yeah, you just signed the number one recruiting class, but they're all freshmen. Yeah. Right? They're, you're young. That's okay. I think more so than focusing on trying to beat Alabama, which I get, you're, you're going to say you want to beat anybody you play. It ain't going to happen. I think you play Sam Houston State, App State. App State's a damn good football team. Yeah. Then you play Miami, mm-hmm. which we don't know how good they are, but it's a big name and first-year coach down there, Mario Cristobal, should be a fun game at Kyle Field, right? Yeah. Then after that, you go to a team that just beat you 20-10 to 10 last year in Arkansas, mm-hmm. right? A team that, yeah, you had beaten a bunch in a row prior to that, but a lot of those games have been one-score games, and Sam Pittman's come in and kind of flipped the identity of that program. I think Arkansas right now might be the second best team in the West. And for AM, you got to crawl before you can walk. Yeah. So focus on beating Arkansas right. before you go and just, hey, we're taking on Alabama. Yep. No, you're not. Yep. You're going to get beat by 30. And that's okay. Yeah. Because that's what happens to it's Alabama. That's I, actually like the, the, the one I circled is actually Miami. And a, are you circling because it's a fun game? No, no, no. It, it is a fun game for sure. But I also think it's one of those games that you talk about Texas and I'm looking forward to Alabama and having that circled and whatever. And then you have, well, Arkansas is our first, uh, you know, away SEC game. Like, they're going to get up. They're going to be ready for that. How many of the, the, the fan base, the, the players, whatever, are looking at Miami and being like, yeah, we know they have a new coach, but look at what Alabama did to them last yeah. year, blah, 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 and not taking them seriously, looking forward to some other games maybe, and then boom, they beat you in College Station, and what the hell just happened to our season? Like, I, I really think that that could be one that I, sneaks up on I think A&M is good enough to handle Miami, especially since it's in College Station, as you know. said. I we'll think they're good enough to like just, them, man. I think they're good enough to physically handle them. Uh, but also, if you lose that game, it's a non-con. Like, yeah. like all of your goals are still are still there. Sure. You lose to Arkansas, all of a sudden your back's against the wall. Yeah, but um, I yeah, we'll see. All right, I think we have time for one more. Yeah. Before we go to break here, Mississippi State. This one's pretty simple for me. It's Ole Miss. Yeah. Last game of the season, Egg, Egg Bowl, Bowl yeah. November twenty fourth, for a very simple reason. It's the damn Egg Bowl, right? Mississippi State. You can be eight and three going into that game. You can be three and eight going into that game. Mm-hmm. You win the Egg Bowl, your offseason's good. That's one of the the only rivalries in teams that I think everyone's like, we could be 0-11 and, and we'd be happy winning the whatever bowl. And, like, I don't believe that. I believe that with Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I, or mainly Mississippi State. But, yep. like, I, I 100% believe that with, with those teams in the Egg Bowl. If, so, you, yeah. if you don't believe in the power of the Egg Bowl, think back to Matt Luke's last game as Ole Miss's head coach and how that changed the trajectory of college football. Just uh, just look at the spider webs from that game. Yeah. Players 
Pretending like a dog peeing on a ball. I was going to say. Get the flag, miss it, an extra point. All it, of a sudden, Matt Luke's no longer the head coach at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's the new head coach at Ole Miss. Matt Luke goes to Georgia uh, as the offensive line coach. Georgia wins the national championship. There's just Mike Leach heads to Mississippi State. There is just so much just that happened from that game. Marcus territory well enough. So he ended up getting uh, or, fired. Or too well, arguably. I don't know. Or too well. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll give you the remaining three teams. What's the number one game on their schedule? Which one are you circling? When we come back, this is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Continue our conversation uh, from last segment there. What's the most important game on each SEC West team's schedule? We got through LSU, Auburn, A&M, and Mississippi State, which brings us to Woo Pig Suey. Oh, hey. Arkansas. The Razorbacks finished third in the SEC West last year. I am going to say this, and I'm going to say it confidently. Because I'm riding with my Razorbacks. Okay. Their most important game on the schedule, I think they have reached the level, is Alabama on October 1st. How about that? For a big reason, you're hosting them. Yeah. So it's one of those ones where it's, Kirby Smart said it after the Clemson game last year, you're either elite or you're not. Mm-hmm. You got the hype. You got a big quarterback returning for you, K.J. Jefferson, who's a really good football player. Everyone's kind of riding the Sam Pittman train right now. Like, this is a pretty dang good football team. Beat some teams last year you weren't supposed to beat. Lost a couple of tight ones. Got smoked by Alabama and Georgia like most teams would, right? But you were able to hang with Alabama for a couple of quarters, right? Traylon Burks caught some long touchdown passes. Now you're playing Alabama at home. This is going to be the buildup that everyone is looking forward to. Prior to that, I think there's a chance you're undefeated going into that game, but you have a tough schedule. Cincinnati, South Carolina, Missouri State all at home. Then you play Texas A&M and Arlington. If you could get Texas A&M again, mm-hmm. which I think they're probably the better team going into that game, you're undefeated going into hosting Alabama at home on October 1st. I think even if you lose that game, how you perform in that game yeah. is what's important, right? Sure. Because if you've really arrived and you're ready to go toe-to-toe, if you lose by 14, fine. It's a really damn good Alabama team. Yeah. But if it's just same old, same old, hey, we're undefeated, and then you get blown off the field 42-10, to 10, yeah. Okay. Their excitement's kind of gone. Right. No, absolutely. And and there's t- t- tons of teams as well that you look at on the schedule, and if they're not at home, you pretty much chalk it up as a loss. And that that's for basically all the NCAA or all college football, right? So, like, Alabama's one of those teams. If you're playing them in Bryant-Denny, most likely it's going to be a loss. If you got them at home, you have a chance. So as long as Arkansas, I'll even say – like one loss. Yeah. Even if they get through those first four games with one loss, I think you still have a chance. Yeah, still a massive to game. be to be able to knock off Alabama. And so then we'll the, see. the thing that help that's helping you out if you're Arkansas is the game after you for Bama is Texas A and M. Yeah, and that's one I know those players are ready to play just because of you got to support your coach, right? Uh, moving on, team that finished second in the West last year, Ole Miss. I have their biggest game, not as the Egg Bowl, not as Alabama. I have it down as LSU, at okay. LSU. All right. Again, I think that's one of those statement games where you're trying to change the hierarchy of the SEC West. Now, Ole Miss takes on LSU pretty late into the season, yeah. uh, October 22nd, but it's in Baton Rouge. LSU has not lost to Ole Miss in Baton Rouge since 2008. Yeah. 2008. Yeah. And so Ole Miss going for a couple wins in a row against LSU. I have that as the biggest game on the schedule uh, for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. And then finally here, PJ, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Alabama, 
You can point to a lot of games. Iron Bowl is always a great one, right? Mm -hmm. Last year, Auburn was terrible. Game still went to a lot of different overtimes, right? Two-point conversion off. You could point to LSU, Brian Kelly, Nick Saban, right? I have it down as the third Saturday in October. Tennessee. Yeah. I think that's the biggest game on Alabama's schedule. In Knoxville. Correct. That's going to be a hostile environment, and I think it's... I don't want to say a gimmick offense. That's not fair to what Josh Heupel does. It's an explosive and different enough offense with an athletic quarterback, which that's always been known to give Nick Saban defenses trouble. I will say including Stetson Bennett. Uh, that team, I think, is good enough to go blow for blow with Alabama. They Agreed. did it last year for two and a half, three quarters. Completely. Now it's, yeah. in, now it's in Neyland. And Tennessee is, let's see, their schedule. Yeah, this is pre-Georgia. Tennessee should probably be undefeated going into that football game. Right. Neyland's going to be rocking. Yeah. They're renovating it right now. Just put up the new Vols letters on top. We got a new Jumbotron in there. That stadium's going to be rocking. I think that's the biggest game on Alabama's schedule. Relatively light schedule for Alabama that year, but Tennessee, that game is going to be massive. And if Alabama has all the aspirations they have, which is undefeated national championship, I think that might be the biggest opportunity for them to get knocked off. But also at the same time, you want to keep burying teams. Alabama's beat Tennessee 15 years in a row. Yeah. Josh Heupel, this is your really good team. You got a good quarterback. Got a bunch of guys back. 15 out of 22 returning starters for Tennessee coming in 2022. If Alabama goes in there and buries them, kind of like with Arkansas, yeah. it's just, hey, you guys are good. You, you ain't even breathing the same air we are. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you there, and I agree with the upset potential for sure. I, I mean, uh, we both have talked about Tennessee – Ignacio, man, and I, that's just going to get worse the closer we get uh, to the season, by the way. Um, I would say that, like, this is kind of crazy to, to think this, but I don't think that's Alabama's biggest game, but I still think they could lose it. Okay. Even if they go, Alabama goes in, gets upset by Tennessee, you got to win out the rest of the year. I still think you make it in the college football playoff, right? But to be able to do that, and this might, we're, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot more, too, in the coming months. I think it's LSU. I think it's LSU still because not only do I kind of respect what they have, I think they're going to be pretty good this year, but also that's an SEC West game. And it's an away game. You don't want to be stuck in that. I mean, really, like you can still have that one loss to Tennessee, obviously, and still win the West. But to be able to do that, you got to get past LSU. It's in Baton Rouge, yeah. all that good stuff. So well, here's, I, I here's what LSU. turned me off about LSU in, in doing this. So Bama goes through a stretch where they start the season at Utah State, and then they go to Texas. And they come back home and play UL Monroe, which, I mean, hey, Whoa. if you're Bama, Watch out. be careful. Come on now. But that being said, then you go Vanderbilt. After that, there is an interesting four-game stretch here. Arkansas, A&M, Tennessee, Mississippi State. Arkansas, your number one contender in the West, in my opinion. A&M, you're out for blood in that game. You're trying to wipe that program off the face of the earth. After that, you have to head to Knoxville to take on Tennessee, who's mm -hmm. going to be a really good football team. That's a tough stretch. And then after that, you're playing Mike Leach's Mississippi State. Right. Which has an offense that'll tick you off too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What kind of turned me off about LSU is if they like been in that bunch, sure, Bama has a bye week. Yeah, right before, before LSU. Yeah. I think they're gonna get rested up. I think they're gonna hand Brian Kelly Kelly a butt whooping. So that's but that's an interesting pick Makes for sense. sure. We gotta take a quick break. We'll come back, get you ready for three and out next, right here on ESPN radio. Second down on ESPN radio. If you missed any portion of our show today, you can check it out wherever you get your podcast. 
PJ Braves sending Spencer Strider out to the bump tonight. I don't care how often it happens. Seeing a dude throw 102 is never, never going to get him. Yeah, no. Sorry. I didn't want to steal your thunder. No, 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 my, no it my, doesn't. But it did. No, absolutely. We could see that till the end putting of the you, time. Putting you on the, the spot time. here. What's up? And I'm going to have you make some people mad or potentially not. Probably. Spencer Strider gets like sent back to the 1920s. Yeah. And is pitching against Babe Ruth. You think Babe Ruth even like touches his stuff? No, probably not. Yeah, no, he's he's actually probably going for a perfect game. <laughs> I, mean, I probably agree with you. There's other people real. who are like, no, Babe would take him deep. Don't you dare. Spencer Strider's <laughs> sitting him down. Uh, three and <laughs> coming up next. Ben Troop and Kevin Thomas will catch up with everyone tomorrow. Not even walking them.